My name is Dawson Jones, and uh, there are some things that come very difficult for me. Um, I uh, also am a son of God, which is amazing, and uh, really glad to be here today. It's, I, I meant that. Thank you, girls. Um, Brittany and Alex pivoted to figuring out how to lead us digitally over the summer, and then they've pivoted again along with uh, Zach Varnell and Nathan Younger, so thank you so much. Um, because it means that we can lift our voices, whether in the living room or in this beautiful space, and worship our holy God. So thank you so much. Uh, glad you guys are with us today. If, it's, um, if, if you haven't been here very much, um, um, let me just introduce this family. We are of the family of God. Uh, we have been redeemed for enjoying the presence of God, and we are sent together to be about the mission of God in this city, that's, that's who we are, and that's um, a pretty amazing uh, reality. And uh, this fall, as Lissa kind of, uh, kind of suggested, this fall we're, we're um, kind of, um, as we're focusing on asking uh, the Father to teach us to pray, prayers of renewal, we're doing it in a way where um, last week we opened the Word, we looked at one of the prayers, and, uh, and, and we saw what, is, what does it look like, what, what is God teaching us in this Psalm 85? And then what we're going to do is we're going to have a week after, which is this week, where we're going to respond to that. Maybe do a little bit of teaching, but then mainly uh, invite us to actually be doing what it's said to do, and that is to pray. So today, we're going to spend some time uh, praying. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend just about 10 um, to, uh, I was trying to figure out what you guys were looking at, so that, about to talk about that in a second. Uh, I'm going to spend about uh, 12, 15 minutes on just a little bit of teaching, because a lot of you guys have asked, when you say revival, what are you talking about, okay? So um, bear with me. Uh, we're going to have James Roddy here in a little bit do a teaching moment for our kids. My part might be a little bit over their heads, and so bear, bear with me. That moment's coming. And um, the reason this is important is because I don't know what your, your background is, but that word revival, uh, either if, if you don't have a lot of history with the church, it, it might not mean much at all, or if you do have a little bit of history, it could, it could, uh, um, you could have either, um, it could be something that's connecting to something really positive, or maybe even something that was a difficult uh, season, or just some difficult uh, times. And um, so I think it's important that we explain what revival is not. And that's what this slide right here that we're, that, that you guys are looking up at, uh, is talking about. So I'm going to just talk about two things that revival is not. And I'm going to call it not revival, but re uh, two types of revivalism, okay? Revivalism. One is um, a programmatic revivalism. And uh, my wife and I, we met in Arkansas. We got married in Arkansas. And every once in a while, we'd be driving through Arkansas or one of the neighboring states. And you would see um, like a billboard that would say like revival, and there would be dates below it. Like come here, this place Revivals happening, you know, whatever, September 20 to 27, right? Now, um, I, I try to be really careful about speaking cynically about anything. And so please don't hear me as cynical, but I actually am critiquing something very consciously because for us to, to say that we're scheduling revival is actually the very opposite of what revival is. Um, and that's because... It, 
to do that, to basically, to, to send like a Google invitation to the Father, hey, we've scheduled it, please RSVP, um, is asking him to submit to our plans. And, and revival is the exact opposite, where it's us calling out saying, Father, what are you up to? We want to submit to what you're at work with, okay? So if you hear revival and you think that, we're definitely not talking about that. We're not talking about programming something or scheduling something. And the second thing we're not talking about is, um, again, another big word, but sensational revivalism. And what I mean by that is just um, sometimes in these conversations about revival, you can get to a place where uh, basically life with Jesus is only really good when we're experiencing these kind of extraordinary things, okay, like miracles or healings and revelations. Now, let me, be, let me be very straightforward. I'm all about those things. And actually, uh, the leadership that is coming together at our church, we're about those things. We want to see those things happen. But, but, that is not the pinnacle of the Christian experience. So that is not what we're after. And, and if that's not happening, it means we're living something lesser. That's, that's also not what we're talking about, okay? So what are we talking about as you've been using this word, revival, renewal, it's much simpler. Renewal is what God has always been up to since man ran away. It's, it's, so because of that, it, it's, it really is the most radical thing you could think about, but also the most normal thing. It's a very normal thing that God does. And I want to compare it to like this image of a tide or like waves coming in, okay? What I mean by that is um, God's work, like this wall of water, this tide, ev- will come in a season and it'll overwhelm a person or a family or a ch- And it's just this, this overwhelming rushing of the tide in where God is just being gracious. But if you look historically at the church or at your own life, you know that the tide comes back out. That wave retreats, right? And there's a moment of decline. There's, there's a moment, I'm not quite there, there yet, uh, Chris, so I'll, I'll tell you in a second. So there's a moment when, uh, did I say Chris? Chip, I'm so sorry for helping me, and I'm sorry not helping you. So there's a moment where the tide comes out, right? And that can be, that's, that's a moment of, um, of, of decline, where we have turned away, where we find ourselves turned away, and it, maybe you know these seasons, a prolonged season of, of silence, not hearing anything, or a, or a numbness, or a, like a, a dark valley of the soul kind of moment, where it's like, where, that thing happened, where did it go, right? Um, we turn away, and then God in his grace, as we talked about last week, pursues again. And that tide comes back. And so what I'm trying to describe is it is an extraordinary thing, but it's a normal pattern of God's activity. He, he pulls people back to himself. So um, a definition that we can use, and Chip, you can put this up, that renewal definition, that one sentence, that renewal is a consistent pattern of how the Holy Spirit works to counteract, to work against our default mode. We pull away And he consistently pursues. And so when we're saying we want renewal, we're just saying we want to experience that moment where we're experiencing the pursuit of God. 
And so I want you to hear that, yes, we're talking about something extraordinary, but it's very normal. It's very normal in the life of the church. So now you can put that, that slide up. And here's where I do need to allow you to just um, let me go a little bit nerdy for like three minutes, and then I'll come back, okay? So please um, bear with me. So that tide, that tide can be described this way. There's this decline. There's a decline. And then at some point, and this is, this is really just describing, this isn't, um, this isn't in the Bible, this is just describing historically what happens, what kind of cycles happen when God renews a, a place or a people. So there's a decline, a decline, and then usually some sort of crisis happens. And this can be a big crisis, like a national crisis, or it can be a personal crisis. Um, Korea, 100 years ago, was about 0% Christian. And then what happened is there was a huge national upheaval. There was a political crisis, political crisis that obviously no, no one was praying for or anything like that. But at the end of that, that political crisis, God redeemed that fragile state of a people. And over the next few decades, Korea went from being 0% Christian to about 40% Christian on the tail end of a crisis, right? So there, there, there comes a crisis, and it can be a big crisis, like a national crisis in Korea or a global pandemic, or it can be a personal crisis, which might hurt, hit much more closer to home when it's a death of a loved one or a pastor. But you get to a place where you notice the decline, and you have to decide, that's this, that you get to that moment, and you have to decide, are we going to continue to go this way, decline, or are we going to turn are we going to turn? And what happens when people turn is, is something like this. Not always in this order, but usually it begins with that crisis awakens up, awakens us up, and suddenly we realize we are, this is not okay. This isn't okay. And there's this holy discontent. And Chip, if you could go to the next slide where I have holy discontent in, this, in the spheres that holy discontent, often, it starts big. <laughs> like, you start with the world and you say, goodness, what is going on in the world? Even this last week, we, again, we see riots in Louisville and the reality of what happened with Breonna Taylor. But easily, look at the last few years, you're just like, what is going on? This is not okay. There's this holy discontent. But then as Jesus followers, we get a little bit closer to home and we look at the, the church and we actually have a really healthy posture of holy discontent. Why do I say healthy posture? Because often um, that discontent can be a really, you know the people I'm talking about, they're always frustrated. But whenever you leave the conversation about the church, you actually leave discouraged and with this foul taste in your ears or mouth of like, what? that was rough. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like a holy discontent saying, the bride of Jesus was meant to be so much more, and I want to be a part of whatever it looks like for it to become that. So there's this holy discontent with, with the church. And it gets closer to home, and, and you see in, in these patterns of renewal that families um, get renewed. You see estranged relationships where people get softened and say, I need to reach out to my dad. Or you see moms and dads awakened up and begin discipling their children. And then the, most, the closest it gets to home is, is that personal piece where you say, I am not okay with where I'm at. 
Jesus, help me. So you can go to that next slide, back to the circle. That holy discontent, I'm, I'm putting this up here because this, this fall will come back to it in different ways. That holy discontent then is the beginning of the turn. And then there's this season, whether it's personally or as like a, a, a corporately, where you begin to say, okay, God must be up to something. There's a season of preparation where you're saying things like, what is he up to? What is the meanwhile story that God is writing right now? What we were saying in the spring. And then you realize that's not enough. He's up to something and you begin to contend. And every single renewal process is marked by extraordinary prayer. People learning to pray and wanting to pray for the first time, which then leads kind of on the end of that renewal process, you see people living lives of obedience to Jesus, where what used to be duty now is this uh, joy, it's a delight. And then that last word down there is just the reality of, <laughs> as we were talking about with our missional community leaders, this is, this is something that not everyone is gonna be willing to get swept up in because it's a radical reorientation of our hearts. And in the end, there's, there's only a remnant of people that were willing to go through with it. But thankfully, our dad always works with the willing remnant of people. So that was a lot. I just fire-hosed a lot of like, what we're not talking about, what we are talking about. Another way to say, and this is what, how I wanna lead us into our time of prayer, Another way to say what this renewal we're after truly is, and Chip, you can do the next slide that has that one right there. You could just summarize that whole process as a people who are awakened, who are awakened to, to an, I thought I knew the gospel, and I realized I was just barely wading in. And then this other piece that happens during renewals is a deep, assurance that the Father loves me. If you study renewals and revivals and whether it's small or big or personal or corporate, that is a main piece is people realizing at a new level, the Father loves me. Romans 8.16 describes <clears throat> that moment when the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Okay, there's a guy, um, a guy that I like to read a lot, his name's um, Martin Lloyd-Jones, and he references this story of another guy who I'd never heard about, well, I had, but I hadn't read anything. His name's Thomas Goodwin, and Thomas Goodwin, 400 years ago, he was uh, thinking on this verse, and he saw a father and a son walking down the road, okay, it was obviously a father and son, and then this moment happened where the father scoops up the son and squeezes him and says, I love you, son. And the son says, I love you, dad. And then the father puts him back down and they go on their way. Because you can't live your whole life stuck in your dad's arms. You gotta keep going, right? And so Thomas, Thomas Goodwin, he's saying that's what Romans 8.16 is. That's what a renewal moment is. What, what, why? Because, because, before the dad picked up his son, were they legally father and son? Were they, were they father and son? Absolutely. 
But what happened when dad scoops up his son? What happens is, was he legally more? No. But did he feel more a son? Did he experience more of his, his sonship? Yes. See, that's what it is when the Spirit bears witness. It's one thing for you to tell people, I'm a son of God. It's the other thing for God to tell you, yes, you are my son. That's renewal. That's renewal. We're at a deeper level. We're like, I'm a son of God. So we are going to pray now. We're going to pray Psalm 85 that we, that we uh, read last week. If you want to open that up, you can. And we're going to begin. Ship, if you could put that little spiral back up, the one that has the increasing spheres. And the way we're going to do this today, we're going to spend the next 30 minutes praying through those spheres. And we're going to start with me personally, me personally. And we're going to actually begin with communion today. We're going to begin by being reminded of our standing with God uh, that he he has embraced us, right? But what we're going to do um, is... We're going to go through these different spheres. We're going to have different people leading us through different ones. We're going to pray for ourselves, our family, our church, and the world. And we're going to pray it with the model of Psalm 85. So Chip, you can put that next prayer up, Psalm 85. And if you remember from last week, it's three parts. We had it so good. We've known the Father's embrace before. And the future's coming. We know it's a glorious future. But right now, like a son and as a church, like daughters and sons, we're asking, give us that moment. Not because we want this exceptional season this fall, but because we want to be a part as close as we can to what God always does, and that's renew, renew uh, his sons and daughters to knowing that he loves them, okay? So you can go ahead and take your communion cup, and Brittany and Alex, you guys can come up and, and play. And we're going to start just with a moment of silence, And uh, as Brittany and Alex are playing, you can open up uh, your communion cup. Be careful that you don't spill. Start with that very top one. And as I read Jesus' invitation to communion, you can, um, Chip, if you could put that slide up once more that has the fill in the blanks. You can be praying this. You can be praying this. I'm going to give you a few minutes of silence. Be praying this piece just over your own heart, asking the Father to renew you. And then at the right time, before Brittany and Alex lead us into song, you can take communion in remembrance of what? That Jesus, he lived his whole life in the embrace of his dad until he got to the point where he said, what, Father, why have you forsaken me? He left the embrace of his dad so that we could experience it anew again and again. That's what we're remembering and we do this. So this is Jesus' invitation to us. We're going to take communion as we pray for personal renewal. The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. All right, family, pray. Eat and drink, and then Brittany will lead us forward.
our, our church to be renewed. And the way we're going to do that is I'm going to invite uh, three different uh, guys this time um, to lead us in those prayers. And Psalm 85, as I said, begins with thankfulness for God's work in the past. And so John Magnuson is going to lead us as someone who's been here from the beginning, Psalm of Tacoma, and thank God for everything almost, the, like, no, the very beginning, yeah. And uh, there was like a little, I know there was a little, little piece. Um, John's going to lead us in that thankfulness prayer. And then, George, you can go ahead and, and, and come up too. And uh, George is going to lead us in the, okay, you've been faithful, but we need you again prayer. We need you now. And then Tim Geisland, uh, you can find another social distance spot up here, is going to lead us in the, the third part. And that's that you've been faithful, grace-filled past, we need you in the present, but... We know we have a bright future. So you can be praying along with them as these men lead us in these three parts that Psalm 85 instructs us to pray. Let's pray together. Dear Father, we worship you together right now. We thank you. We thank you for Soma, a place that we've been able to gather, although it's been many different locations, we've had opportunity to gather to worship you and to make Jesus great. We thank you for that opportunity that we've had to do that. And Father, we thank you, we thank you right now for your gospel. Mm. We thank you that you've given us a way to have access to you through your son, Jesus Christ that he died for our sins, and that he rose from the dead. We praise you and we worship you for that work. We thank you for how your gospel has been faithfully proclaimed at Soma consistently for years. We praise you and we worship you for that because that is truly the power, that is your power. Mm -hmm that goes out for salvation so that we can believe and that we can walk and we can know you. And we worship and we thank you for that, that that has happened at Soma for years. Lord, we thank you for your mission, your mission that, that you have called us to and that we here at Soma have been faithful in being on. Lord, we thank you for that, your mission to make disciples. We thank you for how we have gathered not just together as a group, but we've also gathered in homes for many years to bless people, to worship you, and to make disciples. And we thank you for that, Lord. Um, Lord, you truly have blessed us, and we thank you. In your son's name, I pray these things. This is a position I acknowledge before you, Lord Jesus. It's uncomfortable because I've been trained to not show my neediness, as all of us have. But we want you to change that. Lord, we're fearful of that too, because we're not sure what it looks like. And yet, 
Each of us has a story of how you're trustworthy, how you're faithful and true, how you're loving and kind. And so, Lord, we come to you humbly and say, would you, again, revive our hearts? Not a heart in this room does not need reviving in some way, shape, or form, Lord. So would we be genuine and childlike in our faith and trust and say, Jesus, I need you. Would each of us, even sitting here, just utter that under our breath to you? Lord, you're the only one that we can say that to and have full assurance that you'll love us good, right, and perfect. And that you won't trick us, betray us, or turn away from us. And so, Lord, together and individually and as Soma Tacoma, we say, revive our hearts, Lord. Renew us. Thank you that you've done that in all these seasons, many seasons. But we're looking for a new wave of revival, Lord. And I ask for that in Jesus' name. Father, Daddy, we're excited about what's coming because you are leading us and you have been so faithful to us. God, you've been faithful to this little church family. God, you have given us so much and so how could we not just be expectant about what the future holds? You meet us right now. So how could we not trust you with the future? God, you declare that you care about our future. You love us deeply. You want to see us prosper and be, be healthy and loved and unified. And you are doing that work. God, you promise that if we come to you and seek you in prayer, you will listen. So, God, we are going to do that. God, you promise that if we seek you with all our heart, you're going to, we will find you. And we are so thankful for that. We're thankful for your word because it, it has showed us stories of how you've been just faithful throughout the centuries. And so we will trust our future with you, God. We cannot wait to see what you're going to do. Jesus, you conquered death, and you are sitting there at the Father's right hand just cheering us on. Your, your arms are wide open when we sin and when we are, realize that we're just filthy on our own. Daughter, no, I can't wait to forgive you again. I died on the cross. That is done. And so you can look to the future with just absolute surety of your salvation. Oh my, look what's coming. God, thank you. Holy Spirit, I'm so thankful that you're, you're, you are out there already working in the don't know you. You're out ahead of us, and so we can trust you. Thank you so much again for this church family that you are building. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen.